welcome to the Empowering Agency Workers, a podcast for all temporary workers. If you're unsure of your rights, unsure how to find work, or just plain unsure, we're here to help. It's all too easy to be exploited, so your expert host, Julia Kermode, will empower you to succeed. about being a young person and um, trying to find work in the current jobs market as a young person. Now, Hannah is, um, well, four years ago, after working in the HR and recruitment space, um, she followed her dream of becoming a career coach. And in this, she's combining her experience of executive coaching um, and business school career coaching and also commercial recruitment. So she's got all of those different things she's bringing together to help people achieve their career goals. And today, as I say, we're focusing on young people. It's something that I, myself and Hannah, are both quite passionate about um particularly as the current climate is is quite unsettling isn't it and is is there anything you want to add hannah and really warm welcome thanks for joining us thank you for having me julia i'm really excited to be here and no um yeah i just think it's such an important topic and uh yeah just uh yeah looking forward to getting into it okay brilliant well let's um let's crack straight in then so if someone so so my idea of, of a young person trying to find um, a job at the moment is probably someone who's just finished their education or or they haven't got much um, work experience so any idea where on earth they should start because I'm guessing this must be quite overwhelming at the moment yeah so I would say not knowing where to start is one of the single biggest problems that a lot of people mm. have and that's actually not just young people it's mid-career professionals it's it's senior Mm. professionals and what I always say is it doesn't really matter where you start it just matters that you start and you have some structure so that you don't have a completely random scattergun approach I think sometimes people think there is like a one best way of approaching looking for a job Mm. and of course there are better ways of approaching it but there's no perfect textbook way so what's really important is that you get started early um, and that you get started with a little bit of a plan, but don't yeah. put it off and procrastinate just because you haven't got it all figured out. Sometimes just doing one little thing will be enough to change your mindset and get you actually going a bit. And I think we we can all completely understand procrastinating, can't we? Totally, yeah. I think there's something about uh, getting started that really helps build momentum. Mm. Um, there's a great um, writer I love called Mel Robbins who talks about how motivation is is garbage she's american i'm sure if she was british she'd say rubbish um but but how often a lot of the time we don't feel like doing something so we don't start and once Mm. we get in that mindset of not feeling like doing something and feeling unmotivated it can feel an impossible task to start so i say start small start early and once you start doing small actions and you start taking small steps towards where you want to go very often that momentum will build okay. and you haven't got that big procrastination barrier of beating yourself up and thinking, oh, why haven't I started yet? Okay, so thinking of kind of getting started, I guess the CV is probably um, where a lot of people tend to start. Are there any kind of common mistakes with how young people uh, tend to, to get started with their CV? What I would say is a CV is important, but actually mm. I think sometimes people give CVs 
undue. I think sometimes people think their CV is going to do more for them than it actually does. You know, okay. a good enough CV is imperative. You know, it needs to be um, clear. It needs to have all of your experience on it, all of those type of things. And I'll talk more specifically about that in a minute. But what mm. I would say is you can never rely on your CV to do the hard work for you. And if I actually had to say my biggest advice for job seekers, it would be to try and utilize the power of networking. And networking mm -hmm. is one of those words that is a very, it has a lot of negative associations. A lot of people mm -hmm. think it means, you know, schmoozing people, sucking up to people, knowing really senior people in really big businesses. In reality, networking is normally just about connecting and conversations and using whatever links or ties you do have, be that with your yeah. wider family, be that with people from school or teachers or, um, you know, old classmates or peers. So um, to answer your original question, having a, a good CV is useful, but mm. it will not always do the hard work for you. And unfortunately, in today's climate, when jobs are really competitive and lots of people are applying for the same role, it can really, really help to have had an introduction to someone that works at the organisation. It can help if you've met someone through a virtual coffee or adding them on uh, LinkedIn or something like that. So once you have a CV that is good enough, just tweaking it further and perfecting it is unlikely to make huge amounts of difference. Whereas using that CV to have interesting conversations, to meet people, to get to know people, to get introductions to people, to attend webinars or online events, these are the type of things that can really make your CV work for you and actually get you in the door, so to speak. Yeah, so it's so it's a combined thing. So the CV is not the be or the end all. Actually, there's a lot more to to do around it. That's that seems to be what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, and and a CV it doesn't need to be, in my opinion, incredibly fancy. You know, you can mm. pay a lot of money to get professional CV writers to make it look really visually um, appealing, or you know, use fancy. Uh, visuals and things like that I would say sometimes a, a simple template is best and um, there are yeah. some great free templates so what I would advise people to do is just google free cv templates if you know what area you're going into for example if you know you want to work in retail uh, google retail cv template but but at a really basic level it just needs to contain your education it needs to contain your work experience um and you know any other information that's that's relevant but yeah um keep it no more than two pages i would say that's the big um deal breaker to a lot of people mm. even if you have got more experience uh, if you go on to three plus pages then um that's not great i would also say try and keep it to either one full page or two full pages like yeah. rather than one and a half pages but yeah, I think common mistakes are the obvious ones, typos, spelling mistakes, those type of things. So I would say keep it simple. Bullet points can be really helpful in being concise in your CV. You don't always need to write in very long, elaborate sentences. Just need to yeah. clear. Someone needs, a recruiter needs to be able to skim it and get a sense of you and what your experience is. 
um, that's ultimately the, the main purpose of a CV. I often sometimes think that shorter sentences are actually way better than those big long sentences that kind of like sometimes you can read a job description and you think well it's just words and, and long words at that and you think well what is that even telling me so so you know my my two penneth worth for, for what it is worth is yeah keep your CV um, you know to the point rather than all this fancy words that that actually even the recruiter might read and think well I don't even know what they're on about definitely definitely recruiters are often time poor and they're looking at see a lot of CVs in a short space of time often mm. and so the more you can make it really obvious and spell it out clearly you know I have x amount of years of experience of this or I have x amount of experience of this the other thing that I would say just while we're talking about experience on CVs is young people often are quite insecure about the, the work experience they have. Yeah. And I would encourage young people to think really broadly about what experience they have. It is not just about paid internships. It's not just about, um, you know, work experiences in big businesses. For a lot of roles, experience in other sectors can be really useful. So, for example, if you are applying for finance jobs or you want to go into um, work in a bank or something like that, a lot of the skills that are required for those type of roles, you can have developed in lots of different other contexts. So, for example, I used to work for a law firm and we recruited a lot of trainee lawyers who didn't necessarily have that legal work experience, but they had demonstrated the skills through working in a shop, mm-hmm. uh, working mm-hmm. in a busy bar. So you can really demonstrate client service, um, resilience, working under pressure, uh, adaptability, all these type of things that a lot of firms look for can be developed in, uh, you know, in retail jobs, in working as a waiter or waitress, or even sometimes volunteer work can be really good for building your skills and showing future employers what you're capable of. If it is one of those trainee or entry level roles, then they are not expecting someone to have all that experience that, that you know, someone applying may feel um, inadequate about not having. Sometimes people aren't even necessarily looking for experience mm-hmm. or skills that you already have. Now, a lot of employers, particularly larger ones with bigger training uh, capacity, they have so many great, um, such great capacity to train you internally. Right. What they're really mm-hmm. looking for is just the raw material and almost the strengths or the qualities. So a lot of firms recruit people on potential rather than past performance. And as long as you can demonstrate that you have the right attitude, the right motivation, the right um aspirations those type of things a lot of things can be trained on the job that's not always the case you know with with any role um with many roles you may need that experience Mm. but I guess what I'm saying is even if some people don't have the experience there are some roles which look for potential which look for basic strengths um rather than experience I really think it's about on your CV and in recruitment processes, making the most of what you do have and not getting hung up on what you don't have, but making the most of all the experience you have, um, voluntary experience, work experience, um, any school clubs experience that you have or or, 
university societies and really making the most of that okay and so then for those types of roles um if so from from what you've said some of those roles are going to kind of shape people into what they ultimately want want them to to kind of be so how can a young person applying for that make themselves stand out then if there is not a clear set of criteria to be assessed against does that that, that's probably a really hard question (laughs) but um what are your thoughts on that well I I get asked a lot about how can I stand out how can Mm. I differentiate myself or how can I prove that I'm good enough or that I'm right to be hired and I think it's a little bit of a balance because obviously it's important to know what they're looking for so it's important to know what the organisation or what the role is looking for. Mm. But really, you shouldn't be trying to put a square peg in a round hole. You should be ideally looking for work that at least roughly aligns with either what you enjoy, what you're good at or what you want to do. And so I think a real key to being successful in recruitment processes is, is almost starting at the beginning and knowing yourself and knowing what you're looking for. Yeah, I know may feel like a bit of a luxury at the moment because so many people are struggling to find work. You might think, well, I'll do anything. Yeah. But the reality is you are much more likely to be successful and to get a job if you're applying to something that suits you um, and or that you're passionate about or that you're really interested in. So what's very, very common is for people to be very open-minded about what they want to do, take a broad brush scattergun approach, Mm. but if they're not able to tailor their application or tailor their networking to something that is what they're more interested in, unfortunately, they're less likely to be successful. So I think you really need to start out by knowing yourself well, understanding your personal strengths, understanding your weaknesses, understanding what type of environment you ideally want to work in big team small team and um, remote or face-to-face do you want something that's high pressure do you want something with a lot of stability or do you want something with a lot of variety those are not quick questions to answer but i do think that having that knowledge will really help a focus your job search to roles that are more suitable and b be successful in those recruitment processes there is no one way to stand out so again don't feel that you need to be told what to put almost to stand out Mm -hmm. it is good to try and understand a little bit about your usp your unique selling point or what makes you special or what makes you unique and again a lot of people struggle with this because they think well what have i got that nobody else has got And it might be something quite subtle. It could just be your determination. It could just be that you are really, really passionate about the area you want to go into. It could be that you have studied abroad. It could be that you speak multiple languages. Mm -hmm. It could be that you, you know, have have worked in in the industry before. So there's no one thing, but knowing something that you can position as a bit of a unique selling points something a bit different or just something a bit unique to you can be helped and I would say that a lot of the time it is hard to stand out but at least if you know something that makes you a little bit more different or interesting or unique you can try and get that across either in your CV or your cover letter or in your networking so do spend some time trying to think about your angle or what what you can talk about that does make you a bit different And it doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't have to be 
you know, a big fancy award. It can just be a, an interest. It can be some voluntary work. Maybe you've set up a society or network. These type of things show real proactivity yeah. and so um, taking initiative and setting something up even if it's on a relatively small scale can be something that you talk about as your unique selling point and can help you to stand out yeah that's that's really helpful actually because there's all sorts of experience people will have um that might not be immediately obvious which is why sitting down and thinking it through is so useful and you you touched on it actually that is also why a scattergun approach for applying for jobs doesn't sound like that's the way to go. And I know a lot of people do, and there are a lot of kind of online websites so you can just click a button and it will it will get you to apply. But actually, um, some of those may not be the best option for, for people, even young people who might feel that they haven't got much to differentiate themselves. Is, is that I'm trying not to put words in your mouth, but, but that sounded like what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much allure to quick click applications. Mm. Uh, so many people that I've worked with before, they love the efficiency of, you know, one click apply or, oh, I'll just throw my CV into the ring. And I totally, yeah. totally get it. You know, it feels like you are, you know, what have I got to lose? But I would say the more jobs you apply to, especially if they are not tailored applications, mm. the more you can get rejected. And don't underestimate the impact that that rejection or not hearing back can have on your self-esteem and your motivation. Yeah, That's not to say that you should never apply for quick click applications, but try not to make it your default strategy you are more likely to be successful if you are more focused in your job hunt, if you tailor your application, if you're sure you want the opportunity. And um, again, that's why I think networking can be really, really helpful because it not only means that you learn more about different opportunities or learn more about different organisations, it also means you can tailor your application, you can write about a conversation that you had with someone in a cover letter, and you're just more likely to to stand out. Picking up on the networking then, because that's come up a few times, and um, I think young people listening to this might find that quite hard to even really get started. And I think it's something that we all find um, quite hard actually, even even once you've been going for for a while. Um, and it is it is hard to kind of make those connections initially. But I I guess. Again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I guess I would say just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? But I mean, you you you've coached people on this sort of thing. So so what what are your thoughts? It's it's funny. I just I've had such a personal journey with networking. I used mm. to think I hated it, but then I realised I just hated the idea of it or hated the type of networking I was forced to do in some unnatural situations yeah for me now networking is exciting because it just means having conversations with new people I mean you reached out to me on LinkedIn because you thought my profile was interesting and that's why I'm doing this podcast and the amount of interesting opportunities that have have come up um come to me through through online networking has been phenomenal Mm. so I think really it's just about demystifying it and getting started and realizing that other people are not as scary as you think everyone is human people like to connect and have interesting conversations and I think it's okay to find it intimidating Mm. um but you can just start small and, and grow from there 
there is a really really brilliant book that I would recommend to most people it's it's okay. probably my favorite book on job hunting and networking it's called the two-hour job search and it's okay. by Steve Dalton and the whole book is around um, similar to what we've been talking about the fact that um, you know the easier it is to apply the more competition there is and actually mm. by being focused and building relationships and laying the groundwork with, with targeted organizations is it's a lot more fruitful and a lot more likely to yield results so we've talked about a few different things um in your experience of kind of recruitment agencies um and you know that that can be a route to finding um work is it helpful for young people to have a clear idea of what they want to do before they approach a recruitment agency or might it be worth approaching a recruitment agency with a bit of an open mind um and i guess it depends on the agency actually yeah i would say it does depend on the agency in my experience most recruitment agencies generally want you to have a bit of an idea about what you Mm -hmm. want and if you go to them and say oh I'm open to anything they will think well if you're open to anything you're not focused on anything therefore you're going to be a hard person to place yeah Um, there may be some agencies that are maybe for younger people with a more entry level who don't mind that Mm -hmm. but I would say it's worth trying to find out what the what what that recruitment agency's focus is or even just trying to have a conversation with someone that works there to to find out do you prefer people that are focused in one area or do you um do you know do you want to speak to people who uh, have broad interests Mm. but I would say generally the more focused you can be or the more clear you can be on areas the easier it is to to start a conversation and to hopefully progress to yeah. the job. Yeah, and you're quite right. It's not difficult to do a little bit of research. So different agencies will generally cover different sectors. So if you if you don't want to work in an industrial environment, then don't go to the industrial recruitment agencies. And that, that sounds obvious, but if you don't do that tiny amount of research, and it probably is tiny, it's just a question of Googling them, um, then you could easily fall into that trap and, and end up kind of doing stuff that, that you that that you don't want or letting down the agency which is not good for for them or or for you um a question that i do have actually is about meeting the criteria of the job so um when I left school, which is donkey's years ago now um I'm sure they used to say, well, if you meet kind of seventy five eighty percent of the requirements, you should apply anyway um and I just wonder because that that is literally donkey's years ago <laughs> what what's the kind of current thinking around that um and you know because obviously people don't want to waste their time applying nor the recruiter's time and I, I, I guess there's no right or wrong but what are your thoughts yeah I would I would tend to agree actually I would say don't be put off for applying for a job if you don't meet 100% of the job criteria Mm. what um is sometimes how job descriptions are sometimes laid out is essential and desirable and so if there are a number of things that are essential that's more important but there may be another lot that are desirable um, but even so, I would just try and use your judgment a little bit. And that's quite hard if you are quite inexperienced. But I would say if you are really interested and passionate and quite confident in your ability to do the role, yes, don't let it put you off. Mm. If anything, maybe it's a good conversation starter and maybe it's worth 
um, if it's a job you really want, um, seeing if you can speak to the hiring manager or seeing if you can speak to someone internally at the organisation. Um, and and don't you don't necessarily need to position it as, I want to find out if I'm eligible or I want to find out if I can apply. You could position it more as, I want to find out if it's a match. So try and make it seem more reciprocal. You know, I want to find out yeah. whether this is a good fit for me or... Um, Again, I understand that might be something you feel a bit more confident doing when you've got a bit of work experience, but you've not got much to lose by trying. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you if you do position it in that way, um, so it is a conversation rather than an ask for for help, you're more likely to to get that engagement. Um, and also, um, you know, if if you don't quite meet all of the criteria, but you are confident you can do that job, then that confidence will probably come across in your application and in an interview. So um, uh, I guess there's nothing to lose by by going for it, is there? Yeah, I would agree. The only thing that I would say is, and it's very, very easy to say, just try not to be disheartened if you're not successful. And I would say, honestly, probably the single biggest challenge that most job seekers face is rejection and a lack of confidence and yeah so you know it's almost a whole nother topic but I think trying to stay resilient trying to you know keep going in the face of adversity and not completely do away with your what it is you're aiming for after inevitable rejections is really Mm. really hard and doing whatever you can to cultivate the right mindset, the right attitude, you know, focusing on the small wins, yeah. focusing on progress, focusing on what you do do, focusing on the progression you are making are small things that you can do that can have a really big impact on your confidence and on your ability to keep moving forward. Yeah, I think you're right. Focusing on all those successes and the fact that you have been applying yeah. um, will will be helpful. Um, I've realised we've spoken for quite quite a while. Um, what are kind of your top tips to to close with? If you can pick any out, which we've covered sure. loads, so <laughs> well, I would say just building on what you said. I think that setting process rather than outcome goals can be quite a useful tool. Mm. So very often we're told um, goal um, goals should be measured on outcome. Um, but unfortunately, in a job search, it's very, very hard to control the outcome. So you can't yeah. control so much of what happens to you. So I'd say one tip is focus on what you can control. Focus on what is within your power, what you can control. And one way, is, one way of doing that is by setting process goals. So rather than setting yourself the goal of, I want a job offer by the summer, or mm. I want to have been invited to three interviews by next month, you might set yourself the goal of uh, fully completing your CV and reaching out to five people on LinkedIn for a networking conversation. And that is something that is fully within your power. Or you might set the goal um, of attending the target of of attending five online networking seminars or workshops. And that is something which is fully within your power. So I think there is something quite empowering and useful about yeah, setting goals that you can control. Yeah. The other thing that I would say, I mean, some of this is kind of repeated, but I think forming some kind of partnership with someone, um, a friend who's also job seeking or um, a, a, someone from your school or university who's also looking for a job. Now, it, it the only thing I would say with that is make sure it's someone who's not going to drag you down. 
because there can be a mm. habit of if you're talking to someone who's not happy about their situation it can be a bit of a moan fest yeah you know there's no jobs never going to be successful but if you can partner up with someone who is proactive who is relatively positive or who is just not going to drag you down into that negative space Mm. it can be really useful to motivate each other you can set yourself weekly targets you can have weekly check-ins and you can even give each other feedback on uh, on cvs if you think that's helpful um, so just having a sort of buddy as long as they have the right mindset is um, can be really helpful. Uh, other tips I would say writing things down so write your goals down, write your um, action plan down and when you're thinking I don't know what my plan is, I don't know what the right plan forward is. Remember start small and start early mm-hmm. even if you just do 10 minutes a day of job hunting activities, and um, that can be a really good momentum and you can build it up to 20 minutes a day if and when you want to or, or even longer. And yeah, just if you're really, really struggling, make sure you talk to someone. I think don't, again, underestimate the emotional toll that looking um, for a job can have. So, you know, if you feel like your mental health is struggling, talk to a GP, talk to a family member. Um, because it, it, it can feel quite tough out there and the earlier you seek help the better yeah I, I think that's really really helpful I particularly like the kind of looking after your well-being bit um, there because you can't underestimate that and and, and it is it is disheartening I, I do remember when I was job seeking um, at a young age I found it incredibly difficult and and I would also say you know, of course, being positive can help, but it's you mm. can't force positivity. And when you're struggling, I, I would say rather than trying to force positivity, force proactivity, even if you don't feel in a great mood, even if you don't feel really confident, just bit by being proactive, by continuing to take small steps, by continuing mm. to try and talk to people, by reaching out, by being more visible, and posting content on LinkedIn or engaging with content on LinkedIn, um, asking for introductions for friends and family or things like that. These are small things that you never know what they will lead to. So even when you don't feel positive, try and remain proactive in terms of the actions and the steps that you're taking. Okay. Okay. Brilliant. Well, I think that covers um, everything I had in mind to talk about today. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I think it's such a helpful, practical episode for people. And actually quite a lot of it is just as useful for um, people who aren't young people new to the world of work. So, um, so massive. So thank you for sharing your expertise and knowledge with us. No problem. Um, and also, if anyone does want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I do blog um, sometimes with interview tips, career advice, that type of thing. So I'd love to connect on LinkedIn. But um, yeah, personalise your um, request and then I'll know where you um, found me. But yeah, it'd be great to connect with any listeners um, on LinkedIn. Perfect. Big fan of the networking side of things. So we will obviously include a link to your LinkedIn profile. But yeah, de- definitely do that, listeners. So um, so yeah, huge thank you for joining us today, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Empowering Agency Workers, hosted by Julia Kermode. For more information on today's discussion, please visit iwork.co.uk, where you can also join our growing community. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, then we would love you to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week.